On communion, Lord's Supper Sundays, for a while now, we've been having standalone messages on some of the wonderful beauties of the Lord's Supper and of the cross, of course, that the Lord's Supper remembers. And today we want to continue in that series by considering two very important theological uh, terms and also realities. And so let's talk first this morning about redemption. Redemption. Let me define redemption for us. First of all, redemption is God's work of going uh, into the filthy slave marketplace of sin and paying the purchase price which was necessary to release us in every way from slavery so that we could be freed to serve the Savior with gratitude loyalty, and love. That's quite a long definition with many essential parts, so let me repeat it. Redemption is God's work of going into the filthy slave marketplace of sin and paying the purchase price necessary to release us in every way from slavery so that we can be freed to serve the Savior with gratitude, loyalty, and love. In Matthew 20, uh, verse 28, we read this. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. And then in Galatians 4, verses 4 and 5, verses often appreciated and shared at the Christmas season. But when the fullness of the time came, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, so that he might redeem those who were under the law, that we might receive the adoption as sons. There was once a very clever little girl And she worked hard to make herself a dolly. She knew everything about the dolly that she had made. The color of the ribbons in the hair, the number of buttons on the dress, the freckles on the dolly's cheeks. And then one very sad day, the girl mistakenly left her handmade dolly on a picnic table in the park. She went back, of course, to try to find her precious dolly, and it was gone. So weeks and weeks went by. Rarely did the little girl's tears stop from flowing over the loss of her dolly. And then one surprising day, she was walking down the sidewalk in her town past the Salvation Army thrift store. She looked in the store's window, and there was her dolly up for sale. Of course, she ran right in, found out how much the thrift store was charging for the dolly, and she had a little money in her pocket, so she gladly paid to get her dolly back. As she was leaving the thrift store, the cashier noticed and heard this. Now 
You are twice mine. I made you, and now I've bought you. Dear Christians, that is what the Lord is saying over each of us. Those are his words. You are twice mine. I made you, and now I've bought you. The wonderful illustration, at least one of them, of redemption in the Old Testament is the prophet Hosea's wife, Gomer. Due to terrible personal choices, Gomer became a prostitute after she married the prophet Hosea. She left home, and she lived a life of debauchery. When her cold-hearted owners were done with her, she was put up for sale in the human market. What must she have been thinking? Have I gone too far? Will anyone buy me? How will I eat? Where will I live? And then God directed Hosea to redeem his wayward, runaway wife. And so, of course, that meant that Hosea had to go to a place he'd never been before. He had to see sights he never wanted to see before. He had to go into the slave marketplace. And he had to bid on his own wife. Hosea 3, verses 1 to 3, took a full picture of that repulsive place right as a regal redemption took place. Hosea 3. Then the Lord said to me, Go again, love a woman who is loved by her husband, yet an adulteress, even as the Lord loves the sons of Israel, though they turn to other gods and love raisin cakes. So I bought her for myself for 15 shekels of silver and a homer and a half of barley. Then I said to her, you shall stay with me for many days. You shall not play the harlot, nor shall you have a man so I will also be toward you. I can see it in the eyes of my imagination. With head down, Gomer dragged herself into the despicable market. And staring at the floor in front of her, Gomer climbed up with effort onto the block in the middle of the arena. Her face was anguished. Her hands were trembling. Her shoulders were slumped. And her heart, her heart was desperate. She was for sale. But she could not self-help. She could not have said, hey, get the 15 shekels out of my shoulder bag. And she also could not say, 
get the barley from my backyard. She didn't have a shoulder bag. And she had walked away from her backyard a long, long time ago. But despite her bankruptcy, she got bailed out. And she was purchased by the most benevolent purchaser possible, her own husband. Oh, she entered the slave marketplace that day, a past her prime prostitute, but she left that auction a loved lady. You know, you were once a slave, a slave to Satan, a slave to self, a slave to sin. You and I were once slaves. You were up for grabs to being sold to the highest bidder. And the ownership title for you passed down from one evil master to another. Your future was bleak at best. But 2,000 years ago, roughly, mercy and grace and love won the day. 2,000 years ago, even before you were born, of course, the Son of God stepped into the marketplace and he purchased you in advance, even in advance of your birth. And Jesus laid down all that was totally necessary to buy you out of your slave marketplace of sin. It's such a grand thing that he did. Your pockets were empty. You didn't have the shekels or the barley or the sinless blood. Nothing in my hands I bring. Simply to thy cross I cling. Please, friends, never forget that the Lord Jesus Christ redeemed you so that you would walk out of the slave marketplace of sin and into the favored standing of being his bride, being his church. What mercy, what grace, what love. Mercy being spared the bad that we deserve. Grace being given the good we don't deserve. Love being saved by the costly sacrifice of the cross. What mercy and what love and what grace. And so this is redemption. And as we come to the table set for us this morning, it remembers God's work of redemption. The second word I want us to consider in the minutes we have is propitiation. Propitiation is a $5 word, a word we don't really hear in our culture used at all. Let me define propitiation. Propitiation is God's work of paying the price which he himself sets so that his complete satisfaction is met. And he withholds his wrath and gives his love. That's propitiation. 
God's work of paying the price which he himself sets so that his complete satisfaction is won and he withholds his wrath and gives his love. Propitiation. 1 John 4, 10. In this is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. And then Romans 3, verse 25, referring to Christ, whom God displayed publicly as a propitiation in his blood through faith. This was to demonstrate his righteousness because in the forbearance of God, he passed over the sins previously committed. Propitiation. From history, as recorded in the word of God, we know the price which had to be paid to purchase the prophet Hosea's wife out of prostitution. And that price was 15 shekels of silver plus a homer and a half of barley. We have read these verses, but let me read them again. Hosea 3, 1 to 3. Then the Lord said to me, go again, Love a woman who is loved by her husband, yet an adulteress, even as the Lord loves the sons of Israel, though they turn to other gods and love raisin cakes. So I bought her for myself for 15 shekels of silver and a homer and a half of barley. Then I said to her, you shall stay with me for many days. You shall not play the harlot, nor shall you have a man. So I will also be toward you. We know the price that was required to purchase Gomer. But scripture also tells us the price that was required for Jesus to purchase each of us out of the slave marketplace of sin. And it was none other, nothing less than his own precious blood. 1 Peter 1 verses 18 and 19 report, knowing that you were not redeemed with perishable things like silver or gold from your futile way of life inherited from your forefathers, but with precious blood, precious blood, as of a lamb unblemished and spotless, the blood of Christ. Fifteen silver coins and some grain are one thing, but someone's lifeblood is something altogether different. Something altogether at a much, much, much higher level. As you know, I think we have one son, and I love him very much. I would die for him if that's what it took. If you're in jail and you came to me for some bail money and I have it, I may decide to put some cash down for you. But one thing I would never do is to kill my own son for you. You may get bail bucks 
but you will not get my boy's blood. That price is simply too high. Again, 1 Peter 1, 18 and 19. Knowing that you were not redeemed with perishable things like silver or gold from your futile way of life inherited from your forefathers, but with precious blood, as of a lamb unblemished and spotless, the blood of Christ. Currently, some of you who are sports fans will know there is some heated debate over some NFL football players refusing to stand during the American national anthem. They are doing this to protest certain social ills in America. I saw a cartoon which I believe had a lot of truth to it. It was something that looked like the core of an an eaten apple, the core of an eaten apple. And on the top of what looked like to be the apple core were football players playing football on a football field. They were sitting on the bench, those who were not on the field, and they were counting huge amounts of money. On the bottom of this what looked like an eaten apple core was a bloody battlefield with wounded soldiers fighting the enemy to their last breath. At the base of this eaten apple core were piles of dead soldiers in pools of blood. Of course, the point of this political cartoon was that without the bloodshed of the now unseen soldiers, wealthy football players of today would have no opportunity to play football for ridiculous sums of money. And so it's quite true. Blood is so much more costly than dollar bills. Blood costs more and blood does more that is worthwhile than money ever will. Whether that's in professional football or anywhere else in life. And so going back to Hosea's wife, Gomer, being bought out of the slave marketplace of sin, one thing I know, one thing we can all know, once she was bought out of the slave marketplace of sin, Gomer never, ever shamed her loving husband again. He had done way too much for her, for her to do that. And similarly, we who trust and love Jesus, we have been purchased out of our former bondages to sin, and accordingly, we ought never to disgrace our Savior. Never. He has done way too much for us, for us to drag his name through the mud in any way. You have been bought with a price. I have been bought with a price.
it's only reasonable for us to glorify God with our lives. It's only practical for us not to walk back into the slave marketplace again willingly to be sold back into slavery for the right price. And it's only logical to make God to look as great as he truly is. 1 Corinthians 6 verse 20 calls it the way it is. For you have been bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body. Redemption, propitiation, making God to look as great as he already is. I know if you ask most every salesman, when he or she has the very best product, just demonstrate it and it will sell itself. Similarly, we who know and trust Jesus, we have the very best and in fact the only true God. Let us live to demonstrate him in every way. Redemption and propitiation are both works of God. They are not works of us. They are both works of God. We cannot redeem ourselves and we cannot lay down the price required. The Monopoly board game, that classic board game, has, as you know, a get-out-of-jail-free card. Get-out-of-jail-free. The get-out-of-jail-free card makes me think of God's works of redemption and propitiation. Redemption is God, God's get-out-of-jail-free work which allows me to be free to do God's will, no longer a slave of sin. Propitiation is God's get-out-of-jail-free work which was free to me but which cost the Godhead everything. And so maybe when you hear the word redemption, maybe you would think about the little girl who made her own dolly. And maybe you will remember that God and the little girl said, you are twice mine. I made you, and now I bought you. And when you think of propitiation, Maybe you will think about how blood is so much more costly than dollars. Maybe you will think about the war dead versus the NFL players in protest. Pray with me. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for the precious truths of your word. We thank you that you have revealed truth that is very profound, deep, but you have given us the Holy Spirit to understand the depths of your love, mercy, and grace in redemption and in propitiation. Move us, Lord, to love you back and to represent you well. 
And we pray these things in Jesus' name and for Jesus' sake. Amen.